the Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Vegas 19 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst's work you can find over at MMA Junkie as well as LineMovement.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's for the fight because weigh-ins are going right now, meow. Uh, so it's going to be an expedited edition uh, as I try to keep these, you know, uh, max an hour anyways. We'll try to even go under that. Check the timestamps in case I fail. Of course, always on the YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA. Thanks for the likes and recent subscriptions. Apple Podcasts or other podcast platforms. In the show notes, I will timestamp when we start the breakdown for USC Vegas 19, as per usual, from top to bottom. And if you're in even more of a rush or want to hear even less of me, I don't blame you. You can always go to the end where I recap my picks and plays uh, on all episodes. So uh, we're going to do a quick recap uh, after some quick, quick shouts of UFC 258. Such a good podcast, right? I don't even have the numbers in front of me, but it's okay. We'll, we'll go through that as per usual from top to the bottom. It was a, it was a good night. Um, good thing I'm not a big victory lap person because when I'm late with these episodes, I don't even have time if I wanted to. Uh, or even when I do the, uh, you know, what do you call post shows? I think for the last pay-per-view I did, shouts to my man Spencer Kite. Um, but, you know, uh, it definitely was a good night. So hopefully it was a good night for my listeners. More importantly, we'll recap that very shortly. Um, and then we will push on uh, to the breakdowns. But uh, I mentioned some uh, new subscribers. I, I, I believe a lot of those were due to my recent appearance on Heavy Hands, which, uh, you know, got some uh, some nice positive uh Feedback there I've been seeing on the tags and the Twitter spheres. Sorry if I haven't gotten back to you. It's been a bananas week. That's why this is coming late. I'll spare you the excuses. No one cares. Let's just say I'm like Al Swearingen around here, you know, except instead of like two dopes doing my, my bidding, I got two dogs and uh, yeah, everything else maybe minus well, minus the horse. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, it's been crazy over here. Um, but as it is for a lot of people, shout out for my uh, homies out there in Texas, by the way. Um Man, I can't even complain about the the power outage that we had during this card um, that I was uh, in part of. I uh, was able to save um, my stuff. Didn't spoil, thankfully. was able to keep the fridge closed and stayed away from it. But uh, it's like the opposite problem over in Texas. They're having, like, icicles and crap and their own weather stuff. So, um, yeah, heart goes out. I hope everyone um, is okay uh, in that area, um, whether you listen listening or not. Um, and check in on people, will you? Um, ooh, I owe, uh, I have TSOV, a pod, Sound of Violence podcast. I owe them a, a paddle story, but I feel like I, I got to push through. I'm also going to push Amazon Reads aside. So I, I will bookmark that for now. And uh, there you go. Nice, uh, I was going to say free shout, but they're all free shouts, obviously. But uh, the shout to the, excuse me, Sound of Violence podcast, who I was commiserating with because... One of my favorite podcasts, um, Art Fight Podcast, is no longer. I'm really bummed. Joe Nolan, Brian, you guys are awesome. 
uh, definitely a podcast that uh, I, I love to listen to. Um, I hope they come back, but I understand. Boy, I have my own trials and tribulations more than I'd like to admit as far as uh, dealing in this space. I am grateful. Don't get me wrong. It's just, boy, especially... It's just, you know, my body's falling apart. I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm like, I still got to go see the doctors, and I'm just swamped with crap. I, this MMA schedule is nuts, but we love it, so that's why we're here. So uh, I digress, um, and uh, I just, you know, I, I just don't like seeing the good guys uh, who are sticking it out in the space, uh, you know. But I understand. I completely understand, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but but shouts to them, Art Fight Podcast, man. Um Lucas Grandshire had me on his podcast as well. Uh, I had some nice comments about that as well. Uh, go follow my man uh, Lucas at Grandshire MMA, uh, and uh, you know subscribe to his channel. All that good stuff. I'm going to give that another share on my timeline. It's just been so bananas. I haven't been able to. And I wrote Die Hard here. I think that's for Clint. I remember the Die Hard MMA pod. Um, as busy as I am, like I said with Art Fight Podcast, that's like a podcast where like, I would you know make time, to, uh, uh, heavy hands. All these guys, you know, I, I try to make time for. And uh, I've had a lot of crossover audience with Clint's audience uh, asking me to do the Die Hard MMA podcast. And so I want to let you guys know that uh, it is not falling on de deaf ears. Uh, Clint is the man. He has reached out. Um, by the way, he seems like a really good dude just in general. So uh, follow Die uh, at I believe it's at Die Hard MMA pod. I'm sure I'll be giving him like a share or something soon. But uh, I will be doing that for people who have reached out. And I think that... It cancels it out for the shout-out. So UFC 258 went down. Uh, Kamaru Usman defeated uh, Gilbert Burns. Well, let me see. We went 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 5-0 and for the main card. 5-0, 1, 6-1, 6-2, 7-2, 7-3 overall. And... Um, Our Maverick play was canceled. That sucked. Um, and then we'll actually go from bottom to top. Well, and then we'll we'll get to the row one. Uh, that that which uh, failed. Uh, and then, um, but my bias picks were right. And then overall, uh, the picks and reads were right, even to the props that I recommended. So uh, we'll get to that. Kamar Usman defeated Gilbert Burns third round TKO. Was right on the pick. I was just wrong on. Um, thought I was going to go long. Uh, thankfully, I didn't bet, or I, I know I wasn't like screaming to bet the over. Um, but, you know, if people ask me in my opinion, I definitely thought, you know, it was going to go over. So apologies if I led you wrong in any way there. But hopefully the pick led you right and you had the bulls to parlay it. Um, my main card parlay that I always do went through, which is always nice about those 5-0s and on the main card. Alexa Grosso defeated Macy Barber. I'm also going to go fast on these because shout out to Heavy Hands. We did much more of in-depth breakdown and you get much more uh, intelligent folks chiming in than just stuck with my uh, voice. So... Uh, I will refer you to the Heavy Hands podcast for those, and even their Patreon for some of these other ones that we uh, described. Um, but uh, yeah, Alexa Grasso defeated Macy Barber. I'm glad I ended up playing, or I played Grasso at Dog Money in One House. But um, yeah, uh, I'm glad I ended up uh, sticking on that side of things. Um, played out pretty much like I thought. I just got it wrong where I thought Barber would be more live in the beginning as opposed to the end. And, uh, you know, the read was definitely off there. I know that's not necessarily abnormal for her uh I, however just with the layoff and whatnot I, I i thought maybe you know in her attitude she might just try to come out steaming we'll, but um yeah i feel like the analysis was pretty spot on there with the clinch and whatnot uh kelvin gaslin defeated ian heinish um yeah man just grand b-roll central uh fun times 
Ricky Simon Vato defeated Brian Kelleher in the unanimous decision. Um, uh, that went down relatively as uh, expected. Um, I really liked what I saw from uh, Ricky Simon. Again, I talk more about him as well on the Heavy Hands podcast. And by the way, I, I think I shared the gift that Simon Holmes. I'm not even sure what movie that's from, but I always go Simon Vato. Uh, that shouts out to Porchas, Pinchi Porchas. This is a dude I used to work with uh, back in the day in construction. And uh, <laughs> it's a good dude. And he'd always be like, Simon Vato. And uh, just, I picked it up from there. Um, back when I was, you know, actually kind of having to do conversational Spanish a bit back then, which was, which was nice. I, I miss having to speak other languages or understand them. <laughs> Julian Marquez defeated Maki Patolo. Again, it was going to feel good for whoever won. I was going to feel uh, horrible for whoever lost. Um, and it just sucks. It was This was kind of a theme, you know? And, you know, I, when one guy fights absolutely right and the, and, 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 come, and still ends up losing the fight, and uh, that was definitely Maki Patolo, you know? Um, it was tough, man. Uh, I picked Marquez to win, and I, and I recommended the sub prop I sprinkled on that. So uh, some people cashed on that. Awesome. You're welcome. Um, and part of me, cause, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, I, I can't feel good ever with uh, those kind of bets with the bias involved for me. So hopefully, you know, it served you guys well. But I was talking to Eric and again, just to show that, you know, again, we make these picks. It's, it's it doesn't matter at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the relationships, who you are, your character. And, and Eric's obviously great character. I actually talked to him on Sunday. Um, I actually think he's done an interview since. What did he do? An interview. He was on uh, Unfiltered or something, which was great. Great to see Eric getting more shine as he deserves. Um, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I I don't share anything private or anything. But like, yeah, it just you know, it just was. It was a tough one, right? And he'll admit that himself because it was like they did everything right. Um, you know, he he was giving great direction in the corner, but uh, it was a great setup from Marquez, and you know. Sometimes there's a, maybe there's a mental thing too deeply embedded in guys. Like I noticed that, uh, aside from the fact that we should respect these dudes, but like yeah, I know it can be frustrating when you see a fighter that kind of constantly does that. Um, and I'm sure you know, uh, people the internet's not shy about letting these fighters know, uh, unfortunately. But like, man, I, I aside from the respect and the hip- hypocrisy, but like even looking at my own game, I'm like, dude, I think I got some of that in me myself. Like, I. I especially ever since doing this and breaking things down when I grapple, like I notice that like I'm that guy that'll be dominating most around top position, flowing from positions, hit, and then I'll give up something so stupid, so stupid in the end of rounds. Like uh, it's not uncommon for me to get submitted in the last 10 seconds. It's really weird. And it's not a matter of like, oh, hold on to the, like it's just getting caught in a really bad position and forced to tap. Like wh- why did I let myself do that? And it's like this deep psychological thing, and I was just getting this conversation with Eric about it. And it's just something I'm going to be watching for, not with Maki uh, particularly, just bringing it up because of the fight. But it's just something that, like, I think we see it happen again and again with certain fighters for a reason. I think there's something deeply psychological there. Um, And, again, not picking on Maki, wishing him nothing but the best, uh, hoping the UFC gives him another shot because that dude is just taking fights on short notice. Um, He comes in there and he brings it, right? So, um wishing the best and hopefully the UFC gives another nod to Maki and obviously I'm happy uh, for my guy Marquez obviously the talking points is the uh, Miley Cyrus I'm the last person to fucking comment on that what he should have done you know what I'm saying like I 
I am as awkward as it gets. Like Michael Sarah from Superbad, a lot of his exchanges were loosely written on Dan Tom's life, folks. And oh boy, do I have stories there. Uh, another day, just like the paddle story that I'm going to have to shelf. A preliminary card. Anthony Hernandez defeated Rodolfo Vieira via guillotine. And um, how do I say this? A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that jujitsu used to make me smile. And Vieta knew if he had his chance that he could make his people dance. And maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every punch that Fluffy delivered. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't tweet one more sec. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his watching children and bride, but something touched me deep inside the day. Jiu-Jitsu died. So bye-bye, Mr. Jack Jiu-Jitsu guy. You shot the magma under the gi lapel, but it just ran dry. And when you shot, you just gave your neck wide while fluff is... <laughs> Guys, I can't, I can't even finish that shit. Uh, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, as many podcasts as went over, jujitsu is dead. Jujitsu is fake. This is, um, yeah, everybody posting all those Muay Thai jiu of like all the uh, beating up all the old Kung Fu masters. This is, this is, uh, this is, this is the pen. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is the comeuppance for that. This is what it feels like. This is exactly what it feels like. You stick around long. Time ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> a little irreversible there, right? Oh my goodness! Uh, props to Fluffy, but that was uh, that was wow. Meowses. All right. Um, Bilal Muhammad defeated Diego Lima via unanimous decision. Remember the name. Uh, love the cradle. Lo love the shuck buys. Um, he's got Leon Edwards now. That's gonna be interesting. Pollyanna defeated defeated Mallory Martin. That was on my avoid list for a reason. I did say the. Armbar, uh, the Freudian slip was uh, correct, even though I, I um, as far as Martin, I said she's susceptible to armbars when really she only got RNC'd, but nevertheless, I did say she was going to have to watch out for Pollyanna on his armbars and guard submissions, so there you go. Uh, Chris Gutierrez defeated Andre Uhl, unanimous decision. Again, the read there was too well. It justified all the, the shit. You know, I don't want to call it shit because I, uh, obviously I don't. I respect all these guys, and I don't hate on Uhl. I just tend to pick against them. Not all the time I pick him over Erwin Rivera, um, but, you know, against a good kicker. Um, you know, there was an open stance, but both Uhl and Gutierrez switched their stances, as we saw. So I don't think that played too much uh, as a factor. I will give Gutierrez credit. I think there were some turning points in the clinch when he was able to pin Uhl down. And I was, you know, questioning if that camp uh, had good tactics there. And, uh, you know, I was just talking out of my ass. <laughs> but obviously I love Factory X, but it was just something to watch for, wall work. And, um, 
and uh, pressure footwork, you know, something that we talked about in heavy hands for the main event. Uh, Gabe Green defeated Phil Rowe, unanimous decision. Uh, aside from the 30-27, I don't have an issue with the scorecard at all. Um, I know there are some people contentious with the row, and I bet row too, but my more issue was with that there should have been a point taken just because it was just like two in a row, effect over intent, and it wasn't even like they throw the knee and the foot comes up or they switch stances and dipped in. Like it was, a, it, it, Each one got more negligent as they went along. Um, so with the point deduction that, probably, that should have been there, um, it should have been a draw, you know? And, um, but I will say the, you know, the, and again, it's like one guy, you know, aside from getting dropped or his leg giving way, which, uh, you know, maybe that was a bad thing that he trained with the Lima brothers that I was mentioning, because you could see, you know, Diego Lima, his whole camp was spent throwing kicks. So who do you think was uh, eating a lot of those kicks? Clearly Roe, because like the first couple, he's just done. His leg is just done. And to Roe's credit, he goes to that half guard game. Uh, the long man Damian Maya single leg that Neil Magny does, right? Again, my Magny reference there. Again, his underrated ground game, um, which if he would have controlled that, you know, maybe 20 more seconds, uh, that scramble looks a bit different. And, uh, you know, the the knockout doesn't come to, or the knockdown doesn't come to fruition, which is essentially all it was. You know, one guy does something dumb and athletic over the technical guy. And that was it here. Um, that being said, I hear Gabe Green's a nice dude. He seems like a, a, a nice dude, even though he's like all, you know, going for takedowns after he's got a guy hurt. He's walking the wrong way. He's 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 saying that it's like, ah, oh, he's a nice guy. I didn't want to I didn't want to hurt him. Is the reason why he didn't finish him? Like, like, grats on you if you laid the chalk and you got away with it here. But I don't know if Green's a guy you want to bet in the future. Um, and again, not being salty here, he seems like a great dude, and uh, I don't disagree with the decision as it was laid, but. Uh, Mark Smith, man, you, you should have took a point there, bud. Um, yeah, and the Jim Miller, Bobby Green was canceled. I know Green was a parlay piece for many, and Maverick was a play that was canceled. So um, that is that, 1755. And uh, pause real quick before we push on to the main card. All right, and we're back to start USC Vegas 19. Uh, Weigh-ins are going on as I'm recording this. Apparently two misses. Gordon came in like five pounds over, and so did um, Draco Rodriguez. So I'll see if I can get some updates on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Alves weighed in at 157 pounds for a featherweight bout. That's a miss of almost 12 pounds. Wow, I was going to pick and play Sabatini, but I don't know if that fight's going to go on. The other fights technically don't have to go on um, at five pounds over either, but that is a little more rare, so I, I assume those will. Look at Chad Skelly making weight like a fucking pro. Um, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, wow. Okay, maybe it's good that I didn't write my article uh, for a line movement because some of these plays are already looking like they might be canceled. That is crazy. Good thing I read these, and uh, I'm going to have you the most up-to-date breakdown, but I'm sure I won't be the only podcast doing that. I'm not going to. Not going to bust out the absolutes on you, especially with this show. I can't flex. <laughs> it's like me rolling up in a pinto going, yeah, you want some? <laughs> but I appreciate you guys being here nonetheless, of course. Um, <laughs> putting up with my terrible Don McLean songs. Uh, it's a good thing I just, just be glad I stopped singing that early. Probably would have went down a dark territory. You know me when I start having to insert words in places. It's... It's... Uh, it's never good. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is a. 
This is some stuff. Okay, well, we're going to go and break it from top to bottom anyways. Main card breakdown should be dropping uh, anytime right now on uh, MMAJunkie.com. Uh, this, of course, is one I've already broken down before. Curtis Blades minus 460. Derek Lewis plus 365. Yeah, leave it to me to, like, pick against Elevation Fight Team's best fighters. And me, who claims to love Elevation Fight Team, which I do. Um, but... I don't know why, man. This is just a weird fight. I always pick against Lewis, and I, I seldom ever pick against Blades, but when I do, either or, it's in the weirdest spots, hence this fight. Um, maybe it was because we've seen a lot of the opportunists beat the wrestlers around when this fight originally was booked, and that's also a canary in the coal mine I've been looking at. If finishing, if you're finishing and cardio um, you know, uh, doesn't line up with the wrestling, uh, wrestle-first approach, um, there will be pockets for opportunists, uh, especially durable ones like Lewis who can survive. Um, I do think Lewis's tripod. No, no, I'm not talking. About, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about. Uh, yeah, it's a juggernaut, bitch. Uh, his, what, you know what he's packing. Uh, no, uh, the style of getup that he likes. Jesus, Dan. Sorry, folks. This is the protecting a podcast. What are you gonna do? Um, it's the style of getup that he likes. It's a turtle into a tripod getup, and he makes his back like kind of like a downward 45 degree slanted, slanted slope for back takers to try to take advantage of and fail, like a Gonzaga or a Nelson. Uh, not blades of style. He's not really much of a jujitsu guy, although lately he's saying he's starting to embrace it a bit more. Uh, however. It's going to be TKO or decision for Blades, right? As still his primary paths. Uh, very likely, he's the deserved favor. Believe me, no issues, not questioning that. Um, but that's what he's going to have to do. Whereas Lewis, early in his career or not, back pain Lewis or not, flat Lewis or not, because he's always inconsistent, right? You don't know what you're going to get for the most part. Um He's like the king of late round comebacks. So I saw this thing of uh, like Curtis like saying about his cardio, and I'm like, he doesn't really necessarily depend on his cardio. And the scary part is, is Lewis is, seems to be getting that better too, because um, he's you know everyone's like, oh, he's the black beast, he's big. Like he's naturally a smaller guy if you look at his earlier fights. Like he kind of grew into that frame, so he still has that smaller heavyweight motor that's fueling him. It's just is he healthy, right? And in his last fight, that is the improvement we've seen. He's been in better shape. It's always hard to tell because, you know, he's always, I'm fine, and then his back problems, or I train a half hour a day, and then he shows up in great shape. It's, it's always hard to tell with Lewis. But you look at his performances, he actually looks 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 better and looks tighter, right? Um, does that matter? Is he still going to get taken down? Yes. Uh, you know, however, uh, again, like I kind of discussed on my breakdown as well as on the Heavy Hands podcast, there are certain takedowns that work better on Lewis. Like, I... I dare say 85 to 90% of the times he's been taken down have either been outside trip body lock or single leg variations. Blades does both of those or can do both those, but they're not mainly his main things. It's usually like in the Volkov fight, he does the quick single and chains off to the double. Um, and then he kind of just gets tunnel vision and goes double, 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 power double, blast double, reactive double. Those are things double against the fence. If that gets failed, it will come up to a body lock. Um, you saw that a lot with the uh, smaller wrestler that he faced from Pennsylvania. Uh, what's his name? Retired. Got his knee fucked up in that fight. Fought uh, Devil Hocha. Um, I got to find it because people are going to be screaming at it because I am that guy. Uh, I can see the name too. I'm seeing him party at his after party. <laughs> so I remember that. Adam Milstead, that's it. Adam Milstead. Samsonite. 
so close. Samsonite. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. so he's got those takedowns. Uh, I'm sure. I think Ed Gallo released an article. Uh, so maybe I'm getting it all wrong. Go go check with Ed <laughs> on uh, Curtis Blades' takedowns. But we've seen him get stuck against the fence. Granted, it was three and a half years ago against Daniel Omialanchuk. And Derek Lewis tends to do his best defending against the fence and slash doubles. Like, that's the best way he gets his underhooks and, and protects his hips and shucks guys off. He, those are the you know ones he does generally better at. But is he going to get taken down? Of course. Um, it's just if Blades can't finish him and he starts to tire, because I suspect that Blades only has one gear. Is my worry, despite being an athlete, despite training at elevation, yada yada. You can only, you can't wrestle for five rounds straight. <laughs> you know, it's very exhausting, as we saw when he had to do against Volkov. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't suggest you follow me off a cliff. That being said, there was an over that was pretty ridiculous. Um, I only got it at like minus 150, minus 160. Uh, I, I recommended it to some people, and it was still minus 160 going up to minus 170. Let's see where it's at now. Because for some reason, they only set it at 1.5. Minus 175 now, so that's about where the chalk ends. I get that, because maybe you don't want to lay anything more than that, and I don't blame you, but regardless of who wins, I see this going over. Now, if it does go under, I feel like Lewis is the better chance there, right? He's going to throw the flying knee, like in the beginning of round two of that his last fight, Olenek. That fight, if you bet the under, you, uh, you or if you bet the over, you lost, because it went under, right? He knocks him out in the beginning with that flying knee. He can throw those more. He's been mentioning that for good reason. So watch out for that. The man already throws uppercuts. Um, Blades shown he can be hurt, win or lose. So that's obviously there too. Um, and uh, yeah, so my suggestion, I guess, is like I said, the live movement MMA show is um, like I just put like a quarter unit at plus three sixty five because it's so high. I don't have to get uh, much for a return. So if Blades or if uh, Lewis hits. And then I laid the chalk on the over. I'm not happy, but I laid the chalk on it. Um, and, you know, laying chalk on props is never fun because the reason why you ideally bet props because it's sexy. But this is a this is your basic money. Uh, this is your basic over uh, standard over under for the fight. So beggars can't be choosers. There, it's much more of a more of a basic read. So you're not going to get as sexy odds regardless, even if you do get the plus number. But still, you know, laying chalk is is laying chalk and not going to dress it up for anything other than it is. Uh, so I, I, I sprinkled a bit on blades as well to help balance. And hopefully one or both of those hit, right? So that's my play there. Caitlin Vieira minus 270. Iana Kunitskaya. I say Mama Kunitskaya. Plus 230. Easy, Dan. Um, yeah, I'm surprised this line didn't get blown up. Maybe because people are afraid they got, uh, you know, Vieira was getting the hype juice and then she gets knocked out randomly, which was like, whoa. But like I explained on Line Movement MMA betting show this week, um, Yana Kunitskaya's last TKO was uh, 2016, and it was like an attritive one against like some random, I believe. And then you got to start going back to almost a decade into Cindy Dandois territory. Um, no offense to Cindy Dandois. Um, been submitted by Cindy. <laughs> it's definitely no offense to her, but uh. Yeah, like yeah, you had to go back to like 20, 2011, 2012 uh, for her TKOs. Who was the other one? What was the twenty sixteen one? Sorry. Oh, Yunan, uh, Wu Yunan, who you know obviously hasn't done great and kind of saw her her level, right? Um, so, and I think she's like a, f a flyweight, so that was like a two weight class difference at the time. So yeah, I don't think she's gonna get any play there. I like Caitlin Vieira a lot, especially because Yana Kudskaya, like her thing is kickboxing, but. 
now you know we, we saw her get out grappled and now and, and and she's using the clinch for like her safety valve like you did the last fight she was like it was all clinch all clinch and i'm like you don't you don't want to do that against caitlin Vieira. that's gonna be bad so um yeah especially small cage yeah Vieira is the most confident parlay piece i got um you can pair her with rosa which I may do if my first leg fails because my first leg's early if I want to chase, which I never recommend doing, by the way. I just couldn't decide to, to, who to pair it with. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Charles Rosa. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm overcorrecting the steering wheel. But even the line getting bit up to minus 185 next fight, Charles Rosa, Derek Minner, plus 160. Um, from minus 145, I, I still feel that the price is fine. Um, but, again, it's chalk and, you know, even though Rosa's never been subbed and he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, whereas Miner doesn't have a listed rank, Miner's obviously an underrated submission fighter. Not underrated, but he is a submission fighter who goes for that guillotine. Uh, and Rosa gives his neck, we saw. However, we saw Rosa has like different tubes that he can breathe from, which is pretty insane with all the head and arm and bare naked <laughs> chokes that he's gotten through. The guy can fight through adversity. I'm a big fan. A lot of people uh, aren't. Because of, you maybe is more karate style or whatever, but on the feet. But um, I don't think it's going to be as much of a problem here. I think he can outpoint Miner, survive the storms, get better positions, maybe even submit him late. Um, so I haven't decided an angle on how I wanted to play that yet. Maybe maybe I am subconsciously leaving it as a reserve, um, in case my other chalk uh, my other chalk pl uh, fails. So we'll see there. Um, Chris Dawkins, speaking of chalk minus two hundred, Alexi Olenek. Uh, plus 170. Um, money's coming on Dacus. I don't blame you. I was going to look to bet the grapple grandpa. You know that's Dan Tom's style. But looking at the, looking at Dacus, he came up clinching a lot, which I didn't like. That was the reason why I was going to bet Olenek. But if you look at his last two fights, not only has Dacus been coming in in better shape, did come in a little bit heavier in this fight, but he said he was going to in interviews. He said he actually didn't even mean to come in that late on his last fight for what that's worth. So don't condemn him if, if you see him hit a higher number on the scale. I know he already weighed in at the time of me recording this. Definitely the time you listen to this, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to go with Dacus here just because I like the distance management that he showed, not just the weight management. Um, and he's got the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt to hang on to, um, you know, his brother to train with even in this pandemic era. Um, you know, he's got uh, some of the garage juju. Shout out to them man analysis. But, you know, he's, he's also, I'm a copy with you. It's like sharing sharing cop stories and stuff. like. Uh, something about him scares me, but uh, I'm going to pick Dawkins here. Um, next fight, Phil Hoggs, minus 125. Speaking of the analysis, Jesus, but that one, you know, it's tough. <laughs> Jesus, Dan, stay on target. Nazardine and Mamoff, plus 105. Like I said, the line movement MMA betting show, this pisses me off. It's like another one of those things where, who is that other guy that faced Lima? I still can't think of his freaking name. Um, I think he was like the Moldovan cat or whatever that could wrestle, and they open him like minus 115, and then they see like sharp people like myself or like I think Paul Shagasi. I'm not sure if I got that right, but him and CJ do a, um, I believe it's the Dogger Pass Pot. Anyway, shout out to them, uh, those dudes for sure. Uh, but I I know Paul was complaining about it as well, and this is like the same case and where it's like, you motherfuckers opened Phil Hawes as the dog, and now you open him as the favorite. Like, you because you, you saw you saw who was on pause, you motherfuckers, and then like, folks, the reason why this was rescheduled is because not because of COVID, because Hall Hoss had a leg uh, injury, so like you're gonna go ahead and the guy you open for whatever math you used to open him as an underdog, he gets injured in the leg, and now they're gonna do a quick turnaround, and now you're gonna make him the favorite. 
you must be going by Dan Tom's third leg analysis, knowing that Hoggs has got his reserve, you know. <laughs> Jesus, Dan, that's not how it works. Well, um, boy. <laughs> Speaking of the tripod, Jesus, Dan, come on. No, I like Hawes here. Um, I, you know, this guy sounds super disciplined. Uh, just doesn't focus, let himself focus on anything else. Just kind of living that championship lifestyle. Took his knocks early because he got the push, like I explained when I broke this fight down before. Whereas Imavov, I think the OV in the name fools a lot of people. Uh, you know, he comes from a really good camp in France, MMA Factory. Uh, got a respect for them. He's got a nice one-two, pull one-two. But, you know, this guy wasn't like forged in the fires of Dagestan. You know, he doesn't have any combat sambo, doesn't have any, any, any kind of accolades like that. No jiu-jitsu ranks, nothing. Um, and he was getting pushed to the fence by, you know, a diabetic welterweight that was, you know, I think fighting, maybe even fighting on short notice. And he was getting bullied. Um, he's going to get bullied by Haas, too, I think. Unless he catches him clean in the first. Uh, Arlovsky, plus 210. Tom, Tom Aspinall, minus 250. Tom Aspinall looks like Frank Mir and Bellator PR guy. Danny Brenner had a kid. <laughs> Random shout with a Danny Brenner, but... So... He's just, you know, he moves light for a heavyweight, and this would be a typical spot where I bet Arlovsky by decision, like I did with, like, um, Tuivasa. Um, but you look at Aspinall, and even though he's got all that lack of third-round experience, like, I like how this guy moves a lot. I like his attitude. Um, you know, he's done kickboxing, boxing, black belt, and jiu-jitsu. You know, he, he's built himself around what's just shown on his MMA record. Um Cage cut shows that he can cage cut, show some awareness even to random like spinning stuff. I, I I would love to be wrong here, which is maybe why I stayed away from it. But I'm gonna pick Aspinall, but it's too chalky for me. Um, so yeah, meet us all. Go there. Oh, speaking of which, I got some random, uh, not random, but the, a decent amount of questions about like the Bellator thing. I brought Bellator there, or the Bellator uh, <laughs> shout there. Um. No, I think that the names came out. Uh, I wasn't even aware or approached. Not that uh, not that I would partake, but um, but no. Leave the names came out and who that is. I'm finding out about so much this week. <laughs> Some of it I'm finding out uh, with y'all, and other stuff um, I found out ahead of time. So it's just been a it's been a fucking crazy week uh, for me personally, uh, and uh, I'm catching up on all this other stuff uh, professionally. So um, appreciate y'all who reached out and. Um, and yeah, like I like I like I'm sure, like if I if I've already responded, um, I think you can you can all all see for your for your shelves on that. But uh, but yeah, MMA is a strange strange place. What fight were we freaking on? Sorry, I'll try to stay on target. It's <laughs> it's it's all the stuff for Dan Tom over here. Stay on freaking target. But um, uh, that's why you tune in, right? That's why you kids tune in. Um, but, uh, what, what the fucking fight? Oh, yeah, I'm taking Aspinall. Uh, next fight, Danny Chavez, minus 150. Jared Gordon, plus 130. Chavez was opened as a dog. Money came in on him. I can see why. Definitely seems like the MMA gambler pick, you know? He's, he's got the calf kicks. He's, he's, uh, he's got the striking. Uh, but, no, this, he's, this guy's got some, um, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt as well. And some decent wrestling, man. I really like the way he moves and scrambles. And that's going to come in handy against Jared Gordon. I'm still going to pick Gordon despite his weight miss. Because I think that fight... I have a suspicion it'll still go on. And um, the weight miss is probably going to help Gordon in the small cage to put his wrestling game. I think he's going to just do what he did to Fishgold. Um, and, you know, Danny Chavez, uh, some uh, the, the stable keeps growing, but as far as, like, wrestler-wrestlers, aside of maybe Covington, like, I don't know who's going to have that style. And I don't know if he's faced that style. 
So um, I'll pick the dog here. Excuse me. And part of me is always going to be rooting for a guy like Gordon, right? Uh, with all the diversity that this guy is always seemingly having to go through. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, definitely wasn't going to be a play I recommend, but now I'm, like, hesitant on even sprinkling. Uh, but I'll, I'm going to stick with my guns on the pick. I'm still going to pick Jared Gordon to wrestle. Um, he seems to understand what Chavez does in interviews, so let's see if he can prevent those calf kicks. Um, and... Uh, yeah, because the third round is going to be ugly for both guys, I believe. We'll see, though. Uh, Drakkar close, minus 170. Um, Luis Pena, plus 150. Uh, I'm going with Team Build-A-Bear here, you know? A team Teddy Bear, you know? Drakkar close, he's sitting there with, uh, you know, Brown Bear, come on, Devin. Uh, Devin Clark, and uh, who else is on a Team Teddy Bear there? Um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Drakkar close is... Uh, Jakar, Jakar Close is, is certainly Team Teddy. Oh, Darren Wynn. Darren Wynn is Team Teddy Bear for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm going Jakar Close. You know, MMA fighters look like they've been, they've been built in a Build-A-Bear shop. Um, he, uh, Both these guys have been coming off long layoffs where they've rebuilt themselves, so to speak. Uh, coming in in great shape. Uh, refocused. Some camp changes, although it's hard to tell because both have really, like, cut off their social media, so you can't really do research. That being said, I'll go with the more proven guy who's not coming in on short notice, which is Drakkar Close. Um, it's not something I talk about enough, as I should. It's not an end-all, be-all stat, granted, but quality of competition matters. And Drakkar Close has fought the tougher guys and has never been submitted. And he's only been stopped by uh, Benil Daryush, which is aged well. However, Daryush is a southpaw, and so is Timor, is two... Uh, UFC losses there, um, and those guys are both southpaws, so he is technically 0-2 against them southpaws, uh, unless Devin Powell or whoever that early kid was that he fought was a southpaw, but usually that would be a flag for your boy who's all about them southpaw stats, but I'm going to go against it, you know, um, in the pandemic, that's where people like, uh, you know, who was really allergic to southpaws and, and got his first southpaw win after being like 0-5, a Dolby, right? So, you know, again, you can't live and die by those stats either, as much as I want to flex on my Southpaw stats, right? So I'm actually going to go with uh, uh, Drakkar Close here. Um, yeah, I don't, just Pena doesn't have the pop or the process, um, I, I don't believe, and I don't think he can out, nor can he out-wrestle Close. So um, if Close was able to beat Bobby Green, he's going to be able to beat Luis Pena, you know. Um, so that's... You know, especially Luis Pena was getting his shots defended and then getting taken down, and even, and then I think, and then obviously getting submitted by the comma worthy. Yeah, I think Jakarkla is going to get this one. All right, next we got, um, Jesus, let's get there. Let's get through this. Uh, this will be on my avoid list. Cast out on minus 125, wine list plus 105. On my avoid list because I didn't do tape. And let's be honest, I think if I did do tape, it would still be on my avoid list. I'm going to pick Castanata out in the small cage. It's hard to depend on a wine lend, but. You know, if a WEC guy at Dog Gods wins, I ain't going to be upset about it. Uh, Nate Landva, Nate the Train, uh, plus one, minus 120. Julian Arosa, Bueller, Bueller, plus 100. Like, this matchup is straight out of the 80s. Like, Nate, La Nate Landwehr, like, he's got, like, the haircut and the receding hairline of the 80s, you know? He looks like, um, he looks like badass Billy Guns, like Dad, you know? <laughs> Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> I 
I'm going to blame Brad Taschuk for his get-up uh, on the analysis this week for getting that uh, New Age Outlaws stuck in my head. But, yeah, <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm actually going to go with uh, Ferris Bueller's best friend, Cameron. Uh, Dan, that joke never gets old, doesn't it? I know, I'm going to be like fucking, I'm going to be like, uh, what do you call, what's his name? Uh, Shooter McGavin with a sand trap joke. Like, come on, guys, don't you think it's funny? Yeah, it was funny the first four-time shooter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with Arosa here. It's funny, man. He is, uh, he only gets knocked out by Southpaws and outside of getting knocked out by Southpaw Artem Lobov and what was technically an exhibition bout on tough, he's undefeated in the UFC small cage and has his best performances in there. So, um, he's back. We got Julian Mark, uh, we got Julian Arosa back in the small cage against Nate Lanwer. Um, I feel like either Nate Lamware, I think he should be the deserved favorite, by the way. I was kind of surprised to see it get close, so I, that why, that's why I wasn't excited in my Arosa play. But now that he's back to plus money, I will be sprinkling very small on Arosa, by the way. This is like a dog or pass or just enjoy. Probably just sprinkling very small. I just liked what I saw more by the time I got to my Emmers tape study, which I'll get to that there. And basically it was like... Emmer's is like kind of like Landwehr in the fact that they in, in, in different guys, different lengths, but the fact that they're boxing level changing a little bit too liberal on that head movement. And you're like, man, if a guy just head kicks, they're going to be in trouble. And as I was watching Jamal Emmer stuff, which I'll get to, I'm like, oh, it's not a surprise Julian Arosa upset him. And Arosa saw that head kick and whack. So if he saw it there, i got to imagine um, Arosa sees it here with Landwehr. Uh, and as we saw Landwehr, he's durable, he can recover, and he's but he is willing to scrap, which is the problem. Uh, both spiritually, directionality, and again, technically with the with the head movement, um, he, he he dips down or either to the side to side pretty hard. And when you run into something perfect, like you saw with the Herbert Burns knee, all of a sudden you're giving a guy who has no business doing the highlight knockout, giving you the highlight knockout. You know, um, not discrediting Herbert Burns, obviously much better striking than than. than given credit to but you get what i'm saying here right so um i think it's either a rosa head kick knockout or land where gets a rosa up high uh, because a rosa likes to brawl too which could be bad he depends on his chin too so um so we'll see i'm a big fan of nate the train man been interviewing him with uh mma junkie radio for years now you know back when he was making his n1 m1 ascension so, you know, I'm not sleeping on Nate. You know I got love for Nate if he wins here. But uh, I'm going to pick Arosa. Next fight, Casey O'Neill minus 155. Shayna Dobson plus 135. I'm going to pick O'Neill here, but this is on my avoid because I didn't get to watch tape on it. Um, Shayna Dobson, I think we're all respecting as we should. Shout out to her. She did a really awesome panel, I believe, with the Fight Site podcast. Um, that was awesome last year. Uh, about uh, black athletes that I believe was much needed. Um, so, you know, obviously I'm going to be partly rooting with her. I think she's elevation fight team as well. Comes from a good team. Uh, I guess I'll technically pick O'Neal because I'm just going to be safe because I didn't, I didn't study this fight. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe dog or I don't know. Who knows? I Don't listen to me. It's going to be an avoid, right? That's why it's an avoid. Next fight. Oh, Jamal. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see you so soon. Oh, <laughs> little Sean Connery. The Jamal Emmers minus two forty and Chas Kelly plus two hundred. Um, Jamal Emmers is a is you know a parlay piece people ask me about and I get it. Like he fits the package, but upon further review, I don't disagree with him being favored. But I actually would probably be picking Skelly anyways in this. Aside from my bias towards Skelly, I mean Skelly's like one of those guys where like I auto bet subs. So I don't listen to me. I'm kind of biased here, I guess. But however, plus two hundred. 
Um, Skelly made weight, look great on the scale. This guy's been training his butt off. He just had a lot of bad luck. He uh, didn't recover. You know, he didn't recover from a, an arm surgery and then breaks his arm in the uh, Jason Knight fight. And, of course, that Bobby Moffat BS, that way he wasn't even out. He was just getting into the fight. Um, yeah, Chess Skelly is the better wrestler than Jamal Emers. Emers is good offensive wrestling, but we really haven't had to see too much defensively. Um, you know, he's shown good defensive here. He's been taken down on the regionals there. Really hard to tell relevantly where he's at, right? But he trained with Caldwell for a while, trains with Bobby Green at Pinnacle. So you know his wrestling is going to be on point. It's got a little bit of that Bobby Green attitude about him, which is good. But then that too much of that head movement, right? It got him head kick KO'd um, by Arosa. He still does that in spirit, but he does try to tighten it up, it seems, for sure. Um he has level-changing takedowns, but, like, he's weird when he goes to it. It's like, he should be going to it earlier than he does. He'll go for it too late. Um, he'll go for it at the end of the rounds, but which is good, but we're seeing judges be swayed by that less and less, which is probably why he lost to Chikachikatsi, although I still felt like he should have got the nod there. Um, I'm not going to go too hard on either side for that fight, but even Jamal Emers admits himself that he fights too close, and that's a big worry. You know, anyone who fights too close uh, at that, uh, at that price, you got to be careful about. And speaking of too close, Chaz Skelly gets close to you. Chaz Skelly, you know, Jamal Emers has that thing where, like, he looks like he has good defense. He does the, as Connor Rebush does, that Shogun head movement on the outside. But once he, and he'll he'll back up and he's got good reaction speed there. But the, I, I suspect that's the extent of his defense because the guy gets tagged with right hands really early. And say what you will about Chaz Skelly, he's actually pretty accurate, active, commits, and has deceptively heavy right hands. His striking has tightened up, even though we've only seen him once since 2017 in that 2019 showing. But, again, that was all um, Sanford MMA. So he's almost got, like, three and a half to four years with Sanford MMA, despite only one or two maybe showings um, as far as what we've seen. So leave room to be surprised. That being said, is Chaz Skelly going to become a defensive mastermind? No, but I don't think he's going to need to. Chaz Skelly will sell out. He will fight for your money. That is one thing that's for sure. He won't fight close. He will give it give it his all. Even if he gasses himself in the first round going for the finish, he will go for that finish. And even if he doesn't get the finish and looks dead gassed to rights like he did against, um, what was his name, Jordan, or the, the, the native savage there, I know the guy's nickname, right? Um, and, uh, like, well, he still dug it out, dude. Like, I love it. Like, you just saw him tired, but he dogs it out. He'll get to the back, and he'll backpack around. He's such a good scrambler. Um, Jamal Emers is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, but he recently got that brown belt, and it doesn't matter if he recently got it or not. His grappling skills are, are, are not near Skelly's. Um and, um, and yeah, I, I just, you know, he says his favorite, it's listed that his favorite submission is a knee bar, which is good for Emmers, but I don't see him having much leg savvy, whereas Skelly will use leg locks to get to people's backs, um, to steer himself on top. So Jamal's really going to get tested here, and at plus, at over two to one spread, dude, I'm going to take my guy Chas Skelly, dude. Um, Chas Skelly d does tend to do good, well against longer opponents as, uh, as well. Uh, minus the maybe the Jason Knight, although he probably was still longer than him. But like you know, um, Kevin Souza, back in 2015, that's when uh, Jamal Emers was like making his debut. Chas Kelly was having a you know, out wrestle dudes in Brazil pre Usada man, um, you know, and win fights there. Uh, I know obviously Souza was a striker, but still, uh, he made Aaron Bronzetter's top five uh, prospects that never came to fruition list. And yeah, Chas Kelly's been been going at it, man. Um, 
Whereas Emmers, he admits he doesn't like when guys have are, are as tall or have the reach as him. And I'll see Chaskelly's reach here, but Chaskelly is taller than him um, by an inch. So let's see here. Hi, Brownie. I see you. It's okay. Uh, his reach? No, he's actually not as he's an inch and a half shorter on reach, but still, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be mainly grappling, anyways. So I'm going to take a shot on Skelly here, and I did for. I think I just threw a unit on him at plus two hundred. Um, all right, next fight. Um, Draco Rodriguez minus one eighty five versus Hey Man, Zahabi, uh, plus one sixty. Hey man, sounded like really focused, like he knew what he had to do. I was listening to his interview with a uh, shout out to Aaron Bronstetter, TSN MMA show. Um, I feel like he's a live dog, maybe even more that Draco Rodriguez missed weight, but then watching, going back to watch the tape on Zahabi, I just feel like he needs a finish. And you look at who he hasn't fought, he hasn't really fought very many good people. And that was kind of thing, Jamal Emmer's not as much, but if you look, you could kind of dissect his record, you know, and question it, like his best win, Chris Avila, you know, and he, I know he beat Sanhagen, but like, folks, he had over double the fights of Sanhagen um, and had to dog out like a wrestling performance. And that is shown to be Sanhagen. And that was at 45. And that is shown to be Sanhagen's, you know. Um, at least, especially then, Kryptonite. I know he's improving. But you, you get what I'm saying there. It's You got to be careful how you judge a resume. Um, and Zahabi's is kind of questionable, too. And I'm not convinced. I know he's won one decision in the UFC against. The, the dude who gassed Vieta, but um, like, <laughs> uh oh, Vieta's gas. Don't gate, don't gas, Caitlin. Don't gas like the other Vietas. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sold on Zahabi. Uh, I think the athleticism and the speed is going to be on Rodriguez's side. So I'm going to pick Rodriguez, but I stayed away. And I'll probably definitely stay away now that he missed weight. Sergey Spivak minus 245, Jared Vendera plus 205. Vendera, despite losing weight. Uh, still, he came in at 265 and still looks all the heavyweight. But I'm actually going to pick him here. Um, hard to get his footage because EFC and he wasn't able to get fights as regional heavyweights kind of struggle. But from people in the know, I mean, the guy's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, good submissions. He's got skills. He's been waiting for, you know, train team quests and stuff. So, um, in that area, California. Um, sorry, that dog, Rowney. Um, so I sprinkled on the dog here, actually, just because Spivak is terrible. He looks like he's fighting for rights for an ice fishing hole, but don't follow me off that cliff. Um, but I just would stay away from that fight in general. Uh, Rafael Alves came in freaking 12 pounds. I don't know if I'm going to break this fight down. Like I said, Sabatini plus 165. I played Sabatini. I liked his style better. Uh, I thought, you know, basically he's going to be able to uh, grapple, put it on Alves, who's going to gas, because he chose to gas. And Alves, again, another deceptive record. Of who he's fought. He's fought a little bit better guys than meets the eye, but you look at the stylistic things, like, yeah, I don't... I didn't like that style for him. Uh, and uh, Sabatini's just looks small, but he actually, you know, was going to stack up pretty decently to Alves, who's huge for that weight class. Um, so, yeah, I took a shot on Sabatini. I liked what I saw there. Uh, and I like Alves, too, as my initial pick, and then I ended up changing my pick, and now it's probably not going to matter. Because I bet the fight's going to be canceled. How did we do on the time for the expo? 51, not too bad, eh? All right, going to recap. Uh, taking uh, Derek Lewis over Curtis Blades. Ooh, hey, 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 don't follow me off that cliff. Taking um, Yana Kunitskaya. No, taking Caitlin Vera over Yana Kunitskaya. Mama Kunitskaya. Taking 
Charles Boston miss. Rosa over Derek Minner. Taking Chris uh, Dacus, uh, hashtag Dukakis, over Alexi Olnick. Taking Phil Hoggs over uh, Nazardine Imamov. Taking Tom Aspinall over Andre Olavsky. Taking Jared Gordon over Danny Chavez. Taking Jakar Close for Luis Pena. Taking John Kessnato over Eddie Wyland taking Bueller. Julian Arosa over Nate the Train Landwehr taking. Uh, Casey O'Neill over Shayna Dobson taking Jamal. No, taking Chess Kelly over Jamal Emmers. Taking uh, Draco Rodriguez over. Hey, man. Zahabi. Taking Jared Vandera over Sergey Spivak. Taking Pat Sabatini over Rafael. Uh, 12 pounds over Alves. And, uh, yeah. Um, shoot, did I miss anything? Uh, yeah, just thank you guys for everything. Seriously, for the support and the love. I don't deserve it. Uh, appreciate you. Any new listeners, appreciate you as well. Uh, sorry about the late, fast version. It's crazy. It's I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better. Oh, you guys better. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, took uh, Vieira uh, close. Uh, plus 118. Uh, to review the plays as I get out of here. Sabatini, one unit, which probably get canceled. Uh, Skelly, one unit, which probably get canceled. Uh, G- Gordon, um, looking at... Um, uh, was looking at a quarter unit, but I don't know if I want to lay that now. Bandera, I did lay a quarter unit. There, there's the quarter. That's what I laid the quarter for. Okay, I got it next on my lines. Um, Lewis, I did lay a quarter unit, plus 365. Arosa, question mark, although I actually pulled the trigger in one house. I played him small. Uh, and then Haas question mark. I'm going to see if Imamov money comes in and you get a bit of, a bit of price on uh, Hogs. Uh, props. Uh, might do Haas inside the distance. Uh, plus 115 while it's still there. Otherwise, I just laid the chalk on Lewis Blades over. Minus 160, 1.6U. Uh, avoided Castaneda, Wineland, and O'Neill Dobson. All right, folks. Uh, much love to you all. Uh, good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect. Yeah, man.